Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. I've managed to make it to episode 44, which is quite amazing considering most of the episodes so far have been, um, well, slightly downcast and uh, one could say talking about us not playing very well. But this week, to help me talk about our inefficiencies and uh, failings, I've got Jonathan Lowe of uh, Football.London. Hello, good evening. Hello, Jonathan. Hope you're well. Yes, all good, thank you. Yeah, cool. And I've also been joined by Neil Rees, uh, mostly Bobbins, as he's known in the Twitter sphere. I am indeed, sadly. Yes, hello. That's the name you gave yourself. Good evening, listeners. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I would have got rid of it by now, but it's... You could have changed it. You know, could have changed it. Maybe we should talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to the Millwall match because obviously we will talk about the Birmingham match. There's some questions as well, and we will talk about the Swansea match later. But we should go to the good part, the exciting part, the bit that there was some joy and some entertainment served up in front of us. The game we managed to win three-one. Um, it's slightly confusing how that managed to happen. In quite a few ways. Um, I'm not sure if it was a good display or was it a very lucky display. What do you think, Jonathan? Uh, If I had to pick between the two, I think I'd say lucky. Um, I don't think it was uh, necessarily reflective of how the game panned out. Um, I think uh, certainly Millwall probably deserved a point out of it and and their boss said afterwards uh, quite rightly that, uh, you know, they had about... 20-odd chances, I think about 15 on target in the second half, but uh, couldn't find the net. And I think that's that's a bit of the story of their season. But, uh, yeah, Reading, to their credit, they, they put in a pretty good defensive performance, um, stuck at it and uh, took the chances when presented to them, which is uh, something we, sh- we haven't seen too often this season. So um, I think there's a bit of uh, a bit of luck involved, maybe with the penalty as well. But... Um, you know, they've been a bit short on luck this season, so I think we can um, spare them this uh, this time. Yeah, no, I definitely was some luck involved in that match. I mean, there was multiple chances that Mill had in the second half when it was a bouncing around in the penalty area. I can't remember Jacolin making any incredible saves in the second half. In the first half, he definitely made a magnificent mm. save from Jay Cooper. I mean, he came into the match from nowhere, really, Jacola and... It's probably the best goalkeeping display I've seen by a Reading goalie since maybe Al Habsi. Just in a one-off game, that one miracle save was well changed the whole match. Because if they score, then you feel if we go behind in any game, we're going to struggle. And he also made another save. I think it was from Wallace. It was a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. from his feet and knocked it out for a corner and he looked pretty safe and secure I thought throughout the match even on the crosses because before the match I was worried on crosses he hasn't always been great shot stopping he's been good but he dealt with it fine so what did you think of his performance in that match now? I think he was probably helped by the fact he had little time to prepare uh, knowing he was going to play because I think according to all accounts and I think Manoni was possibly going to be ready but he went to Clement and said he wasn't fit. Um, but uh, as you said, you, you didn't really kind of expect too much. And I think he, he kind of relaxed into the game. Um, and he, he did a good few things early on, which probably helped his confidence. Um, but it, it did look as if he was, he was you know emulating a number one keeper. He was authoritative. He was collecting the ball. He was making one-on-one saves. Um, and yeah, no one really seemed to be panicking with him in goal at all. Uh, and he, he and the defence certainly had plenty to do. Um, but it, as Jonathan says, it was just one of those games where you kind of thought, well, we're just parrying everything that's going away. And, and somehow we've scored a goal, which was a very good goal um, through Mate. Um We conceded, but still managed to keep in it until half time, which was important. And then um, obviously the, the very strange penalty, uh, which balled up put away with some aplomb. But so, so to go in at two one a half time, and we were pretty battered to it. You kind of think, well, second half is going to kind of go the same way, but we're probably going to concede again because we always do. But we didn't, and so we just held on and held on. And, and at no point did the crowd ever think that it was. A really, really hard effort to, you know, keep this level of display up. 
but also an element of luck to boot. It, it was a very mm. strange kind of performance. I mean, to say you scored three three goals as a kind of lucky win seems a bit weird, but that's how the performance seemed to pan out, really. Yeah, it's strange because we also had two other chances as well. I mean, if you're having five chances throughout the match, you have the one-on-one and the Mate in the second half, very near the beginning. And Kelly also hit the post when he probably should score. So if you're getting five clear chances to score in a home match, you'd say that to say you're lucky, the other team must have had a hell of a lot of chances. Everything and just seemed to be against the run of play, though, didn't it, for our, our, our They seemed to miss out completely on midfield. Swift and Kelly just were not getting involved in the match at all, really, on Saturday, because they just kept on playing aerial balls, Millwall, which over the years has been their style. And if you looked at their two games before, I think it was Forest and Villa, they did exactly the same. So it's a pattern that they're creating numerous chances. I think somebody gave out a stat on Millwall fans, so they had over 50 chances in their last three matches. How you define a chance, I'm not sure. But you could see how that could happen from what we saw on Saturday, to just getting the ball in there. Where's Jake Cooper? Get it onto his head, and as we know, as Redden uh, watching Redden over the years, he is magnificent in both areas of the pitch. Airily, he's just outstanding. I think the 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 scoreline uh, sounds a bit obvious, but it was a big help. I think if it, if they'd gone in at one all, they might yes. uh, might have gone uh, well, could quite easily have conceded in the second half, as we've seen on so many occasions this season, um, and we could have gone on and comfortably mm. won it um, I think just maybe psychologically having that lead going into half time and also coming out with it uh, um, after the after half time um, just did them a world of good and maybe made them relax a bit more made them sort of concentrate more I don't know but mm-hmm. um, yeah so if it was one I think Millwall probably would have gone on and won the game yeah what I took out from most from that from what you're just saying as well um, is that we just showed some character and whether it was lucky or not, we didn't fold and we had more than enough opportunities to fold in that match. But I think the back two of Ilori and Moore had really, well, been, considering what they had to deal with, I thought they had very good games. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you get, exactly. When you get there's so many balls coming into the box, you're, going to make, you're not going to win every single ball. But they did okay, more than enough, I thought. And we also took to our score. The first goal was a really good goal. From yeah, very good, very good, very yeah. good header from, from Mate. And um, just going back to the to the, the defence, it's the third goalkeeper they would have uh, played in front of in in thirteen games this season. Which mm. um, I mean, they can dress up as much as they want, but that's that's not good for consistency. That's not good for knowing each other's game. Um, so that was, I guess, admirable as well. Um, I'm not quite convinced with uh, with Yakula's display. And Neil, you were saying about authority and everything. But I, I think I, going, there were some occasions where I think he could have uh, asserted his authority a bit more, should we say. And but it seems to be improved on what he'd done before. It has, but yes. I see Jonathan on um, crosses. He still does worry me yeah, slightly. Yeah, still a couple of times I thought he's it. just like, yeah. I mean, look, with, I mean, with the other two goalkeepers as well, you, you just feel that there's a mistake in them. Mm. Yeah, they, all and three of them. If yeah. I feel like yeah. that, then probably others are going to feel like that and the team are going to feel like that. And, you know, that's... That's one of the problems. Yeah, I mean, even with Al Habsi, there was mistakes, but blimey, he made up for it for numerous saves and displays that were above all three of the goalkeepers that we've got now. Mm. He could do saves that were just, uh, it's just not in their capability. Mm. So you kind of accept an occasional mistake. But with these three, you feel there's a really basic one somewhere just waiting to happen. They've all done it this season. Walker did it, West Brom, Derby, Minoni. I mean, Jacola hasn't done one this season, but he's definitely done them previously. Yeah, exactly. So. And you know, as a as a defender, I, that wouldn't fill me with that much confidence, uh, which you know, which would then filter through the team. Surely. Yeah, no, no, I, I think you're totally right, and I think this is a problem with many positions that we've got in the pitch. We've got players who are solid players, but you know something bad's going to happen at some point from one of them. I mean, in that, during that game, Chris Gunter came on mm. and we all of a sudden had five at the back. Well, all of a sudden we seemed to be playing the most narrow five at the yeah. back ever. And he was just constantly... He was next to Ilori at one point. He didn't he want any, it seemed to be... Coped. I mean, as much as you can criticise Paul Clement and his results and all that, but I'm sure he didn't send him on to do that. 
I'm pretty confident mm. that was not his role. It is, it is a trait of Chris, though, to to gravitate inside rather than you know stay with the man who's out wide. Okay, I, I can understand. He's a he full doesn't want to. So. He doesn't <laughs> want to create space too much by mm. you know actually man marking the winger or whatever. Um, but to come so far inside when it didn't look like he was marking anyone, um, it did seem to be a little bit against what Yeardham was doing on the other side or yeah, did, side before yeah. he switched. Um, so that was that was very, very strange. But he, he does that. He's done it all through his career here and, and no doubt mm. elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's not in the team at the moment. And at the moment, I can't see him getting back in unless there's an injury or suspension because Blackett and Yadam have done nothing wrong as far as I'm concerned, really. Mm. Well, that, that seems to be our best back four, if you're going to call it. A, a back four of any kind kind that we could use. I think it's the best we could deploy right now. Yeah, we need to keep that back five if you include Jacola because now we move on to the Birmingham match. I don't think there's any reason why you'd want to change the back five. None of them have been outstanding, but the replacements that you could probably bring in, I can't see any of them really but staking it, a great claim. It's also so. the first chance you've got of, of kind of any area, if you like. To have an area that's settled and can grow with each other, because midfield doesn't doesn't have that. A forward line always changes as well. So, if you can start with a back four and a, and a goalkeeper, you can say, well, you're on the team sheet if you're fit. Then that that's a, a good start, I think. Yeah. No. Still, so we go back to the starting um, lineup. We had Sims and Bodvarsson coming for. Uh, Gareth McCleary, which is understandable after he's been out for so long, and Bulldog dropping out. I can see the logic of uh, Bodvarsson starting. He's a top goal scorer. You obviously want to get him back on the pitch as soon as possible, but he didn't look anywhere near fit against Birmingham from, from what I saw watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sims, I've wanted to see start. Um, I didn't really see anything that made me think he should definitely start against Swansea kind of a bit anonymous what did you think uh, Jason? Um, yeah I mean you know it is difficult just to just to be thrown in and expect to you know produce a bit of an eye-catching display um, yes I mean I think I think he, him and ironically the, those two were probably the, the poorest players out of the 11 mm-hmm. on show um, but Varsity, yeah like you said probably wasn't quite 100% fit um, didn't really bring others into play didn't hold up the ball very well I don't think he really got a chance in front of goal. No, I can't remember. Um, so you know, arguably he should have been maybe hauled off a bit earlier than than he actually was because uh, I think Bordot was a bit brighter. And Sims, yeah, I mean, like most other people, I think wanted to see him in, instead of Aluko. Um, yeah, got our wish, um, but didn't really um, suggest um, he, he deserves another starting spot. Um, whether he needs a run of games, you know, most likely like with other players, but. Can you afford to give him that run of games if he needs two or three to get him up to speed? He's shown he can um, make an impact off the bench. Maybe he's he's best suited to that. If, if he consistently does that as opposed to starts and doesn't do anything, then I think Reading fans will probably take that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you've got... I mean, it looks like Gareth McLeary's moved to the top of the right-wing positions at the moment, which is amazing because he's only played one game. <laughs> it shows you how kind of in that position was so vulnerable um, yeah I think he's going to be the person who's going to be starting I think you've got to bring on Sims more with obviously depending on the game situation with 20-25 minutes to go I think that's when we're going to utilise him he's a fast player he's going to take advantage of tight legs it's the old system old theory it's nothing new and you know amazing about that logic but we've got to try and use him more and I find it really frustrating when you see the players that we've played a hell of him for so long and Sonia Luco and he just shouldn't have been in the team. We've gone through Sonia Luco so many times, so I'm not gonna to go to that place again. But it's just really yeah, I find it baffling how he hasn't been in the team. But there we go. This is Paul Clement. I think I'd have a separate bit about him in a minute after all this, because he's uh, in a dangerous position right now. I thought the first half, I thought we played more than okay. I thought we had chances of... Yeah, well, Matey had his shot in the first half and maybe should have shot across the goal instead of at the near post. Um, also, yeah, that little bit of luck that we got against Millwall, we didn't get against Birmingham. Kelly has the shot from long range and 
Clem should save it easily, really. And he lets go of it and it hits the post and goes out for a corner. If that goes in 1 0, you feel that it's not impossible you could get something. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think they, they could well have got something if, if they'd if gone ahead in the first half. Mate seems to do that a lot, actually, just kind of has a really great opportunity, makes space, um, has time, but kind of blasts it straight at the keeper. Um, quite why players don't didn't get over the keeper I know it's a bit of a skill but if they practice it in training uh, they certainly reap the rewards in games and, and Mate's like that I mean he's you know he's, all, he's brute force isn't he but he yeah. um, sometimes that's to his disadvantage and needs to be a bit more um, intelligent and uh, delicate delicate yeah talking about think, the dink yeah. I thought that in the one um, against the Mill game mm. just got dinked that over the goal he's yeah. through yeah and it's just, just dink it, it a little yeah. bit I thought if Lafondra's got that chance he's dinking it and that's yeah. it yeah. He's, it's a goal mm. you don't need force there it's just a little bit of thought and composure and staying calm it's just that group confidence thing isn't it it's that they're taking the, the easier option thinking if this goes in it's actually great but if you think too much and think I need to be a bit smarter about this you've got to be a pretty confident guy to mm. take that on and, and not have the fans get on your back by trying something a bit flash I don't think it would be flash, flash though I mean if you do it no I think I think it's composure maybe it's experience as well because oh, yeah. he's only played a few know. matches but I think most people strikers sorry would think that's a jink there. just dink it over him and if it doesn't go in it doesn't go in but it's the right thing to do still but I think someone yeah. like Bordock probably would have buried it. Yeah, Bordovas maybe not either. Um, but again, it's just it's your finishing ability, and and uh, that's why none of these players are playing the Premier League. No, I can't they, see anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the endless argument. Isn't Definitely it? If not. If they're any good, they'll be somewhere else. If yes. They, yeah. There's yeah, a reason no, no. why they're playing here. Yeah, I can't see any of our players playing in the Premier League anytime soon. Mm-hmm. People will say Liam Moore. I suppose that's the only one possibly, but he's not pulling up any trees. And I thought for the Birmingham first goal, I thought he was as to blame as Liam Kelly. I mean, Liam Kelly obviously kicked the ball out needlessly. I don't know what he was thinking about there. Um, And then he leads the corner and he lets his man go and get ahead of him and gets the header. And you just think, Liam, there's one person I'd want to be defending that header at the moment. It would probably be him. So It's... um, Corner, conceding from corners is becoming quite a theme isn't it it's only in recent weeks and um, I'm not a tactics expert but everyone says it's all down to the zonal marking and yeah I asked him the questions this, yeah, about that yeah. these, these, these pros and cons and uh, but it, I mean they're sticking to it but they're not uh, they're not implementing it are they so um, quite why teams don't have players on the post at corners and set pieces I have no idea because mm. I think that would save a lot of goals it would yeah I don't um, understand why we do it at all no I don't know I have to ask Paul Clement that next yeah definitely you need to ask him why do we now go on five consecutive matches and letting goals from set pieces it's not great I mean, it's letting set pieces it's it's in that 15 minute spell after half time as well that seems to be a um, we went for a little run when we didn't do that for about five games I think because I was sat there watching it and I was thinking, okay, we were doing okay. And now all of a sudden we've done it two of the last three games. And it's back again, isn't it? And we'd, we were all sat there waiting after half time for that goal. Who is it that we let in one after 16 seconds or so? Sheffield Wednesday. Was it Sheffield Wednesday? It could yeah. have been, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the peak one. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was the one. <clears throat> and you just thought, wow, no. I think that was the one that Liam Moore scored ahead of again yeah. as well. Yeah. Can I um, yeah. can I make a shameless plug? Um, oh, go on then. Russell Kempson's column this week is it just goes into that a bit more detail. Just the the why they are conceding so so soon after uh, half time and everything, and you know just kind of says that manager obviously issues the instructions. The players are so fragile they can't seem to take it on board. He's giving the wrong instructions. Who's listening? Who's not listening? Is it showing that you know that they don't trust in his in his ways in his methods um, you know there's, there's obviously an underlying theme there because it's happening so often we've always it's an touched read. on the, the, <laughs> the mentality of the team over the last two seasons that they can't seem to collectively pull themselves together for a series mm. of games so there's definitely something there whether it's you know a lack of belief in, in the manager's tactics how they're set up they don't like 
we've been here all before, but this doesn't seem to be anything that, especially away from home, where they have you know a true grit about them to to pull a result out of something. The one thing is they did do that in the Millwall match. It's kind of contradicted, isn't it? Because that was the one game when they've actually done that. And also, if you look at it, they beat Preston, which was a must-win. That was a really tough one. And then they beat... um, Blimey, my brain has gone completely blank. Hull. Hull, which was a must-win. Thank you, Jonathan. 3-0. And you think, those are three big matches that they've won there, if you throw in the Millwall match as well. Those are games that, if you are going to stay up, you've got to win those ones. Mm -hmm. And I know they lost to Birmingham as well, but you're never going to win all of those matches. So they have shown some determination and some character there, but when it goes against them in a game, in all those matches they've managed to take the lead... Mm, and yeah. none of them they've come back in. And you think if it was, mm. if either the, any of those teams had taken the lead, would we have won that match? I feel very unconfident, let's put it that way. I don't feel confident at all that we would have come back. I've worded that really poorly. But I think you know what I mean. <laughs> I think when we saw like last season, that game against QPR, where there was a really kind of huge back-to-the-wall effort on this. And they seemed to be... I wouldn't say uniformly playing for each other, but they were so determined. I didn't see that determination against Millwall, but we still repelled mm. enough. But I didn't get the feeling from people around me of, yeah, we're, we're actually going to win this. You know, a bit of joy and a bit of excitement about it. It was still like, yeah, we're going to muff it up. And that is still there. And I think that's there for the players. And I don't think they've got that, that belief. Something I noticed but after how, how does that change? It's very flat know. afterwards, the fans' reaction after that match. Even though we'd won, yeah, yeah. and it's been so long since we've won on a Saturday in consecutive mm. kind of match. You know, a few matches at home, we've now won two. Mm. I think and it was more of a shock nothing, when that, when that really. third goal went in. Yeah, it was, and it was just weird, like, though. It was, you know, obviously the excitement of scoring a good goal and, and wrapping the game up, but it was mm. there was nothing in the crowd that really thought, turning point. No, no, uh, no. And no, feeding no, off no, it. It was no. nothing like that. And you know, I think I think the players are suffering from that as well. And I think mm. one one win isn't isn't enough for them. Or you know, two consecutive you know, home games where we won, it, it, it doesn't. Nothing seems to be generated from any kind of positive result we get. And I'm not sure why that that is. Well, it's because we, do. we don't have any faith, do we? Yeah, no, but we don't have any if faith, the players don't, then what hope have we got? Yeah, no, no. I from the players. I mean, it's hard to say. You'd have to speak to them about that, but. I mean, if you've been on such a poor run for such a long time, I think you'd be—I'd be very surprised if they thought one game was all oh, that's it. We're back now. Mm. It's not going to work like that. I mean, whatever you say about but football, you've got it's to, not that But you've got to try hard to to, to generate that. You? As, you know, the, the old adage goes, you create your own luck, mm. and you do that through determination and hard work. But are they working hard enough for each other in games that they think? likely not to win this so we have to redouble our efforts they seem you know def- defeated from the off well I think the reason is is we need a match um, the Birmingham match would have been one of those matches when you think actually we don't expect to win this match this is a match that's actually going to be pretty hard to win because those three matches that I said that we've won you think okay we've got a chance here yeah, for but sure, we need but... to get a win a win and consecutive wins probably <clears throat> when you think one of them yeah this is a surprise We've they've proved me wrong here hmm. But that is not happening at all. They consistently make a mess of it, basically, don't they? They, they find a way and manage to make errors. I mean, even for the second goal against Birmingham, you think Alori gets completely outstrenched. And you think mm. that is, he's got to see that ball out, just foul him even, mm. and reset. And then Yadam's left exposed at the back. I can't really blame Yadam for the goal, though. Andy Kohler has no chance with the header. But yeah, it's well placed. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. I mean, what what was the feeling you got from the players afterwards, Jonathan? That it was uh, just another. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, another one of those days. They've just been undone by. Um, I mean, they weren't necessarily. Um, they weren't carved open by by Birmingham. It was just it was their own downfall, really. And, and mm. after the, the the first half display, you know, it wasn't as good as say up at, uh, at West Brom. That was that was you know really really good first half uh, showing but um, yeah they, they more than matched Birmingham and um, sort of never really kind of uh, seeing the second half was going they really kind of matched them 
and uh, it was all just a bit flat again and you're like oh well, we'll we'll go on to the next one we'll we'll try our hardest and uh, you know try and get a positive result but it's you know just heard it so many times now just um, you, just, you just don't know what what to, what to expect uh, from them um, you know always hope that they might somehow um, you know find some energy from somewhere and really kind of get to get going but uh, it's just more of the same it is and, uh, and that's it what is. we expect now as as, uh, as people who, who watch on and, um, you know where is the light at the end of the tunnel? That's there isn't any at the moment, is there? No, there isn't. I can't see... And we'll come on to a bit later about people saying about new manager and all this, but I just, I'm not sure what difference it's going to make, but we'll talk about that. At least we finished the game. I mean, it didn't mean anything in the end, but we were just talking about Mete a few minutes ago, but I'm not showing any delicacy. He takes that goal brilliantly. I, I looked back at that, actually, and it you, came off the keeper's head, didn't it? Did it? Yeah. Know that I, I I thought it went in straight, but it hit yeah. the keeper's head and uh, it went in. That's so, so much camp in many ways. Yeah, it's <laughs> in. Um, but uh, you know, you know, you know, was it three goals in two games now for Mete? So you got to give, give him a bit of credit. Yeah, yes, you have. I mean, and had they gone in, you know, ten minutes beforehand, might have uh, snuck a draw. Yeah, pressure could have been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you got ten minutes and you're only one goal behind, the home team almost always get nervous. It doesn't matter how yeah. poor the opposition's been throughout the game. Mm-hmm. I've seen too many times in games and you think, oh, just if we throw this away, it'd Even be horrible. Even Liam Moore was playing out front for the final few minutes, but... I don't know if that's a good thing, actually. I don't know if it's ever worked, that. We no. see it quite a lot, because we're losing quite a lot. <laughs> it's got, I don't know if he's ever... Anything good has ever come from that. No, it's like when we take long throws, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Any, any corners, free kicks uh, into the yeah. box. Any yeah. set piece <laughs> at all, you just think... Actually, if I think about that and go through everything that we don't do well, it could take a whole podcast. Well, that's, 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 that's where we are, isn't it? And why, why we are where we are. Yeah, so I asked anyone, if uh, people, if they wanted to have any questions uh, to hear us discuss, and uh, it's a lot of it Clement-based, uh, really. So uh, John Hyde asks, um, for me, Clement isn't clueless, otherwise he would have had the jobs he's had. He has the ability to set up a team. Uh, he gives the example of West Brom, Brentford and Birmingham away. But we did lose um, uh, Birmingham, John. <laughs> and uh, is he the ultimate assistant lacking the skills to be a manager? One word for that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's the ultimate coach, not manager. I'm not saying he's the uh, major problem, why we're losing these games because I don't think that's the case I think there's a whole multitude of things but I'm not convinced in any way that he's helping now what do you think Jonathan? Um, I mean I've, I've, I want to give him as much time as possible and, and I'm, I'm sure you know this is his third job in management now so it's it's, it's now or never really um, I think I've said that before because um, you know if he doesn't make a good fist of this then he's going to go back to him being an assistant I'm pretty sure Um Yes, obviously he talks a lot about sort of tactics and formations, everything, and, and is you know no doubt a very good coach. Um, whether he's getting the best out of the players at the moment, no, I think that's pretty emphatic. Um, whether he's um, making the right decisions, kind of before games, in games, team selection, obviously it's affected with injuries and 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 everything else. Um, I think that he's got a lot to answer for as well, um, but I mean he has he's done some some good stuff as well, and you know like we mentioned sort of the setting up at sort of West Brom for example, it started mm. off alright, um, can't be accountable for all mistakes, but no, of course not. No. You know they they do keep happening on a regular basis, um, and things like you know set pieces like we like we've mentioned, um, if they're constantly not working, then why isn't the coach telling them to do something different? Um, I think he's got to take some responsibility for that as well. So um, I think the jury's still out and I'm going to give him a bit more time, but uh, not too much. No, you're right. When it comes to about set pieces, I mean, what do you think, Neil? Do you think he's the ultimate coach before I go on to the next one? Or do you I, think I, he's a manager? I think there's... Um, it's sort of similar to Stam in that he's good at some things, but awful in others. I think but they I both have really bad man management. Yeah, and that's my next point. Is that I don't think 
I think he can set them out in training and say, this is how we're going to set up, this is the kind of attitude we're going to try and play with. And then when it comes to actual man-to-man management, I think he's suffering a wee bit. Um, Obviously the stuff with Barrow... That's coming out lately when first he wasn't in the 18 because there's not enough room and his competition, blah, blah, blah. And then the next breath, it's a uh, discipline issue. It's like, well, that's come out of nowhere. Mm. Um, so I think he has a trouble with the players individually and how to get the best out of them. He can set up a team, I think, but getting the best out of the players on top of that, I think, like Stam, he struggles with. And as you say, he's probably a very good number two where mm. he can not have the pressure and he can set them up tactically very nicely and they can, and they can work with that. It's that other side, I think, of getting the best out of them. Which is the skill, is and, yeah. and, and to change you know, the team that we've got that's in a rut into one that's a winning one just seems to be beyond him. I don't think he seems to understand the effects of dropping players and the dynamics on the rest of the players because he's dropped players at times and you think he doesn't deserve to be dropped there's other players you think you're hanging on and I've no idea you see like Tyler Blackett I would give an example Tyler Blackett was probably playing the best I've seen him at Reading and then he managed to drop him at the start of the season I know he's had injury problems in between and you think if you're playing well and you're not actually the cause of the problems and you're not changing the system completely uh, how does that motivate you? It's a difficult one. I think I the first sign as well. I think the first sign of that was um, we were doing okay. I thought Yedem um, had a very good start right back, and then as soon as Gunter got fit, he swapped Yedem over to left hand side. Which okay, he can do it, but we're, we're fed up of players who can just do something in their position, and he put Gunter right in the right back which didn't seem to be intuitive at all and that upset the balance and it got the fans irate and form didn't pick up either but he still kept on doing it and I'm thinking I could kind of applaud him up until that point and then once he did that then he started to do some real weird things all over again and I don't understand why he's making these changes or trusting in players that weren't fit beforehand so why would you do that and as fans, we you know you kind of expect the team sheet to stay remotely the same sometimes. You kind of predict what's going to happen. And he just makes left field decisions. And like in the game against Birmingham, you wouldn't expect Bodvarsson to start. You wouldn't have expected Sims to start. Um, but it just seems to be a bit desperate now. It is desperate, there's no doubt. I mean, he's got, uh, what is it, five wins? And we're now 22 matches mm. he's been here. That's, that's dreadful. It doesn't it's, matter. It's, if you put that in the Premier League, you say, <coughs> OK, we're Reading. That's kind of normal. A championship, that's absolutely awful. And the worst thing is, in most of those games, we've deserved to not win and lose, yeah. probably. So it's, it's not a fluky, maybe you could give the derby match, but that's about it. One game. I mean, it's not really great, is it? I mean, yeah. I mean, Brentford. They, they might have won that. Yeah, they? that's true. Yeah. It's another one. I mean, there's, as he talks about fine margins and everything, and you know, they, they he loves be, fine uh, margins. Yeah, they, they all do. That's, yeah, that's really I noticed one of the Drum players was saying it after. Yeah. Was it maybe Tyler Blackett, Blackett was saying? Think, yeah. yeah, fine yeah. margins, and I thought, yeah. wow, that's well, association. That is. I'm sure it's a mantra that they hear as well. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you're 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 this close. You're this close. To turning no. you know, a draw into a win, no. it's, I don't know what else you know a manager like that can say when you you know consistently getting beat by one goal, apart from West Brom. Excuse me. So I'm not sure what he he says to the players that could possibly explode them into action. But I don't think he's got the motivation that basic of motivating individual players. I, it doesn't seem to have it. I'm not seeing impact from players. I'm not seeing players come back and have a big impact. I'm not seeing big improvements or huge improvements from players. I'm seeing lots of players staying at a 5, 6 out of 10 level on a very, very consistent level. He hasn't come up with any formula that's worked for more than one match. That's not a manager who's got a plan that's longer than one match, is he really? He's just constantly firefighting. He doesn't know what his best team is at all. I mean, if we all sit here, I don't think we could all agree on an 11. We could probably get seven or eight. 
together mm. and that's it so and another thing that I'm finding frustrating with them is the zonal marking at set pieces because yeah. Alex asks about that and he says he wants to discuss about the zonal marking against man marking and also why are we leaving players up front back for set pieces why do we leave three back when behind or not leave one up when behind how long till away fans crack at Clements fully and the same with home fans so some of them went for him at Birmingham uh, were chanting for him to leave the premises uh, rather swiftly (laughs) yeah yes I put that as delicately as possible (laughs) zonal marking I mean you need a kind of really need a really trained coach to explain the intricacies of zonal marking Mm -hmm. but for me just as a layman watching as a fan surely you have to mark the man because that's the person who's got the score not the space it just seems logical to me, unless you've got very, very talented players, and we don't have that. Mm-hmm. You need to, I, I assume again, I'm no expert, but you need to, to dominate that space that you've been allocated. Mm-hmm. And you look at Reading's defenders and midfielders, no one, I mean, Liam Moore possibly, but he's really going to, you know, jump the highest and put their head through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it hurts. Yeah. Same with the keeper coming out. It doesn't. He, none of the keepers are going to come out and, and punch it, really, um, or maybe occasionally. Um, so that's what you need, surely, to to start off with, if you're going to be zonal marking. Um, and if not, then you'll you know you'll you're going to be suspects, um, and the you know, the the opposing player is going to come in and, and going to want to get that ball more and. Yeah. and and score as they have done. So, was it against Millwall that they were all running in, all waiting on the penalty area, and, and then rushing in <clears throat> as a bunch? So you cannot stop. You can't stop them. I mean, Millwall yeah. were completely dominating a set pieces because most of their players are six foot nine. But when they were coming in, it was quite amazing how they. But teams know how to work against yeah. Zonal Muck and they see it all the time, don't they? And yeah. there's, there's failings on both, on man. But for me, we need to go back to real basic. Yeah. We're trying to be too clever when we aren't clever. We don't have that yeah. level of ability. I guess there's an argument that, that they've tried man marking and they don't do it for whatever reason. Mm. So this is the, the next option. Yeah. 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 With, with zonal marking, you've got to be very aggressive in your space. But I think with our passive defence, they're, they're too... Yeah. They're too afraid of leaving that zone, so they're not attacking the ball either. It's buck passing all, as well. It's a lot of buck passing ah, in our yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Oh, yeah, and it's the well, I'm supposed to be here. I'm yeah. supposed to be here, and it's going in between. Well, who's going to go for it? And then just yeah. finger pointing each other. Um, so yeah, the, the ball literally has to drop on our defender's head for it to go out because they're too afraid to actually move towards the ball. I yeah, guess the players you do want uh, to best at this at the club at the moment probably McShane and O'Shea I would say O'Shea um, should be in the team at some point I mean I wouldn't drop out Laurie at the moment as I mean I know he didn't play very well at Birmingham but I can't see I'm sure when he's come in has done nothing wrong apart from getting sent off I think but why I mean why did he get sent off it was weird I suppose 3-0 10 minutes to go yeah. Just instinct, I think. Yeah, as a defender. instinct, it yeah. Probably all he just it couldn't help himself. He's no. Just, I can get no. that ball, I can get that ball. He would have got it maybe five years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, I would like to, to, to... I'd like to see him back in the side and have a chance, but then you also... The other part of me just wants some stability and consistency. And, yeah. Uh, so it's a difficult one. And McShane, obviously, he's uh, out of favour at the moment and, and hasn't been seen since that Blackburn horror show, so... Yeah. You know when he's going to be back, but at least you know he he does he is committed and he does make mistakes, but at least he you know he he gives it a good go and and that's more than could be said for some of them. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, McShane, I think his form has been pretty bad this season. Really, I mean, the Blackburn game was an absolute killer. I mean, if we'd have managed to win there, we'd obviously be top of the league. I mean, uh, everything would be different. <laughs> He's the blame, clearly. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. Don't don't take that personally, Paul. No. Miner seems <laughs> to be out of favour as well, no? Uh, sorry? Uh, David Miner. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Um, I wouldn't, on the bench and then? Yeah. Well, the problem is we also get as Italian, and he's had an immediate impact, and then he gets injured. Mm. It's obviously no one's fault. But that's the kind of season that we're having. And... Yeah. Uh, another thing that I was going on to man management, we've got to talk about Mo Barrow. 
What? I mean, does do you know anything that's going on there, Jonathan, at all? It seems uh, a complete wall of silence on it. I I don't know what he what he did specifically, but I mean, just that what's been reported really that he's 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 obviously done something. He's breached discipline. Um, so no, I don't need to know any any more. But I mean, I'm I I think I've said that I'm not surprised at. Um, not necessarily him, but but players, you know, being a bit unhappy and causing a bit of unrest because they got such a big squad. Um, I think you know, there are there are other players, um, not not you know, not not creating that unity that you need certainly in these situations. And um, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, Barrow and Clement have had history in the past at Swansea. Um, mm. We know that as well. So. Um, he's obviously taken exception to something, whether it was you know being left on the bench or um, I, I don't know. Yeah, nobody's nobody knows what it's actually has happened. Was it a football thing? Is it something totally unrelated? As in, we don't know. Something can happen. Sometimes you see players who do something that was whilst they're not at the club, as in their own life. We we just don't know. I mean, it's, speculation. Uh, his wife is, uh, had a baby, didn't she? So yes, she did. Maybe. I don't think you get a fine for that. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe might have taken. Uh, I don't know. Might have taken a day off training. Yeah, um, authorised mm. something like that. Just a little yeah. thing like that, and then got put on the bench. Wasn't happy. Yeah, sort of escalates yeah, from there. Because exactly. when he was coming off the bench, I thought he was actually having a bit of an impact, and his attitude seemed to be okay. Um, obviously, none of us. I mean, I don't know what he's doing when he's in a training. So, but all I know is last season he got ten goals. He got nine assists. Without those goals, obviously, somebody else would have played there. You never know, but. We don't have any one of his quality. He's by far our best player in the attacking half. I mean, surely you want to get him on the pitch. If there's an issue between Clement and Barry that's gone on for at a previous club at Swansea and is now affecting this one, I'm not sure how that reflects on either of them because we don't know how what's happened. So it's hard to say, but it's not helping Reading, that's for certain, because you want him on the pitch. It's a fine line for Clement, though, isn't it? Because on one hand, he wants the best players to be playing on, on the field but he also doesn't want to be seen that his authority is being challenged so if mm. Barra has done something as worthy of a, a breach of discipline and you know he has to be dropped for a number of games he can't then say well I have to play you regardless because then the rest of the team feel a little bit put out by the fact that well he can do whatever he wants then and still plays yeah we play badly for one game and we disappear so he's got to be consistent but also put out a team that can actually win a game of football. So he's got important decisions to make, but that's it's just nice to know what it is, well, then, even roughly, because it creates all speculation, and it could be something. And we, we all, we fans as a whole group of people, we all um, kind of don't know whether it's a fair thing to happen or not. Who knows? <laughs> we just do not know we don't know what yeah. context is in what's happened when how who was involved it's just creating another issue and it, it's kind of typical well, like Jonathan said as well that once you start to get so many players and we're losing repeatedly there's issues what I find amazing is that we've only had one red card because normally when a team keeps on losing you get the frustration and you start to get a flurry of stupid red cards And I think and, some might argue that a lot of the players are a bit apathetic whether that is also a lack of professionalism I don't know but you do hear certainly on, on social media people sort of alluding that they're not trying they're not playing for the shirt they're not even playing for their teammates so to get a red card through apathy is probably pretty difficult. You've got to be angry to get, you know, a, a genuine red card through, um, you know, foul play or taking somebody out on the halfway line or something like that. But th this bunch of players doesn't seem to have that in their makeup, and I don't know whether that's just a, a lack of fight or desire. Mate sure. is probably the only person who could kick off. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate I mean, he way. was. Yeah. Joey, if Joey was here, he'd be having a golden time. Joey and McShane have a go at each other. He'd probably get each other sent off a fight. Oh, yeah. Remember McShane when he had a go at one of our own players years ago now? 
Oh, I'm trying to remember who that was. I shouldn't bring up these things in the middle of recording. It's now. It's now. <laughs> move on. Move I'm on. Thinking who that was. Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, was it uh, Middlesbrough? Now, who oh, was it yeah. with? Um, there was. It was with uh, one oh, of Oh, our... Williams, Danny Williams. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that, that would have been an interesting. Don't talk about Yeah, that. they should have done that pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> Those two could have actually had a proper tussle, couldn't they? Because, yeah, they're not going to back down. But that's a perfect uh, example, though, isn't it? That we're not likely to see anything like that with the, with the team that we got no well we can't name two players in our team at the moment who probably do that exactly which is pretty damning isn't it in mm. some ways <laughs> yeah we haven't got those players I mean I think Jordan Ibito when he comes back he's a possible he can sometimes have a short fuse as well mm. I could definitely see that but um, yeah we need to get him back so it's Swansea away on Saturday somewhere that we haven't won at since 2007 Last time we won there was in the League Cup second Sooner round. Sooner than I thought. Uh, Leroy Lita scoring the goal. And there's only one player that is still here from the whole of that Redden squad on that day, and that is Chris Gunter. Wow. 2007? No. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. right. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm talking... No, I almost swore there. <laughs> I'm talking rubbish there. Not in 2007. Now, when did we last beat them? Oh no! When the sh- when the stats go badly wrong. <laughs> no, in the last twelve games. Then we leave, Dig yourself out of your own hole. Yeah, no, when we played them last time, we played them in a league match. It was a nil-nil at Medeski Stadium in two thousand and twelve, December the twenty-sixth. Remember that off the top of my head. It was nil-nil, and the only player that's left from that is Chris Gunter. Surely McCleary as well. Not in that squad. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still there, but he wasn't involved in that game. Probably injured. Probably, <laughs> Probably injured. Oh, <laughs> well, it's a fair summary, isn't it? It's a fair summary. But the last time we beat them was 2007. Yes, League Cup 2007. Leroy Lita. Extra time. Who would have thought 12 games we've had against Swansea and we haven't beaten them once? We went three years of playing them friendlies. Yeah. Oh, those were the days, time, weren't they? We? Obviously, come up against the midfield dynamo that is Jay Fulton. <laughs> a target that probably would have given us exactly what we've got right now, really. I don't think Jay Fulton would have been the answer to all our problems. I just get that feeling. So, what Swansea. Is, what is the answer? What is the answer? A hell of a lot. Of, well, it's, the answer is a lot of new players and a new manager and. I'm going to go there. I'm going to mention his name. The <gasps> removal of Ron Gourlay. <laughs> He's gone for the big G. I don't want... I wanted to go through a whole podcast without mentioning him. But yes. He, I've, if I could get... Mm, yeah. I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> yeah. He would be a person that I'd be happy if he left. 100%. Uh, if I had to choose between him and Clement leaving, it would be Ron Gourlay. Oh, definitely. He's not had a good impact. <laughs> No. no. So Swansea, what are we thinking? Can't see anything but defeat, can you? Yeah, I'm afraid I can't defeat. see I can't see really winning. Um But you know, I, I said that at uh, I said that at Brentford and nearly won that. I said it at West Brom and after the first half, you know, everything was looking good. So um there is that pressure of um you know, being away from the home crowd, maybe being a bit more relaxed, having that sort of freedom to go out and attack a bit more and the onus is on the home side um, Clement will be you know no doubt he'll be wanting to get one over his, his former club so that, that might you know give them a bit of motivation spur them on a bit more but we're kind of clutching at straws today, aren't we I think it's, <laughs> I think uh, we really are yeah, though, they, they had a good win in midweek didn't they the yes. backburn yeah um, so uh, I mean they absolutely have to get the first goal if they're going to get anything out of the game um, it won't be a nil-nil um, because they will concede, and if they concede first, then you can only see see it being a, uh, anything. Um, can't see anything other than a home win. In our last four away matches, we conceded two goals in every one. So we're looking at scoring two goals every single time. And even in some of those, we scored yeah. first as well. And that's, yeah. that's still no guarantee of anything. Zero. It? Against West Brom, when we took the lead, I thought, wow. I mean, this is nice, mm. but <laughs> I kind of thought this also isn't going to last. Sixth minute, you kind of think, oh, there's too much football left. Here. They kept on looking at my phone and saying, oh, we're playing really well, and 
So it's just going to be worse for me to get hammered. Because mm. you know it will not last. It took one mistake. But yeah. So Swansea, I'm going for 4 0, Swansea. Because I'll just go for a meeting. coming. Two. Just coming. Uh, what, sorry? Just 2 0. Just 2 0, Jonathan? Uh, I was going to go 2 0 as well, so. I'll go three then just to be different. <laughs> we're not even going to score. No, I think that's where we're at. I think uh, we all think we're going to get hammered. Uh, some of us less than others. But uh, hopefully um, uh, they prove us totally wrong. I've got zero faith that will happen. But uh, who knows? Will Clement be the manager next time we do a podcast? Probably. I think he'll still be here. Do you think he'll still be here, Jonathan? Um Depends on what we next do the podcast. <laughs> well, the one we do um, next week, the one I'll do next week. I think uh, I think he'll get the next three games at the very least. That takes us mm. to the next international break, and then depending on results, depending on performances, depending on where they are on the table, um, a decision might be made. But I, I, um, if my money was in it, I, I think he'll 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 last till Christmas. Yeah, I don't know about Christmas. Well, maybe with our owners. Christmas being like all of December and oh, 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 oh it's moved slowly. Christmas months. Yeah. Christmas is Christmas now months, the beginning yeah. of December. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I like a bit of movement there. Yeah. This is a man who couldn't remember when we signed Chris Gunter. I should make no judgments. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I think he's going soon. I think he's going I, soon. I think it'll yeah. be the international break. Yeah. It sounds. It's not that far away, is it? Three or four games now? Yeah. It's kind of be a relief. Different person to talk about, different person to blame. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's three games. They're probably not going to beat Swansea, but then they've got Bristol City and Ipswich at home. Um, yeah, Bristol you know, City will not be easy. No, and, They're rubbish and, away from home, though. And not Ipswich either with a new manager. So, um, but, uh, you know... Yeah, I mean, they're better away from home as well, aren't they? So I was going to say it's easier playing at home against two sides who they should beat. But the, the Ipswich game will be pretty definitive, though, because they'll have a new manager. They could be on the up by then. And it, even if Ipswich are still bottom and they get three points against us or we, we, we flounder and can't beat them, that could be enough to make something happen. I saw earlier that Paul Lambert could be the next Ipswich manager. Which would be quite yeah, amazing, considering his time in Norwich. Yeah, yeah. That would be... Uh, I don't know how that would go down with the Ipswich fans. No. That would be interesting. I, I think we're going to get relegated. Uh, I can't. I don't think it make any difference who we get in. So, I'll leave you on that um, beautiful, upbeat uh, message. <laughs> Thanks oh, a lot. Happy day. <laughs> Cheers.